the best thing to do on a prep day, you have a rental house to go to prep. And then the, all the gear is coming from that rental house. But there's also some productions where things get scattered from anywhere and everywhere. Hey guys, just want to welcome you back to our podcast, the Camera Department Podcast. My name is John Yambes and I'm here with my co-host Alex. Hey everybody. We look forward to hearing stories from you guys from our industry. To get involved in the conversation, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also join the conversation over at our Instagram, at the Camera Department Podcast. Link in the description. So on today's topic of gear talk, we're going to talk about monitors. So many monitors out there. So many different brands, so many sizes, so many uh, uses for monitors. Alex, what is your favorite monitor to pull focus from? Um, in the beginning, I just when I started, I would use a TV Logic monitor, a 5.6 TV Logic monitor, and I liked it. It was good. It was very sharp um, and very bright when I needed to. But I started to do a lot of outdoor jobs. It's good for indoors and stuff, but once you start going outdoors, it just changes. And I started to look into the brand Small HD, and those suckers are bright. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. I've had one for my first one that I bought. <laughs> first one I bought, it was maybe what four four or five years ago, when I made the transition to first AC. That's one of the first things I bought, was a monitor, and I bought a DP7 hybrid. Okay. That sucker's seven inches of just beauty. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of their high-end uh, monitors um, about that time that they came out with. That yeah. Great, and great to be monitor. honest, to this day, I don't think there's a monitor that compares to that one. I still use it. I still use it as focus for, for my focus pulling. Oh, yeah? I love it. I haven't changed it. I've, I've bought in four monitors, three, four monitors after that one, but I have different uses for it. But in particular, that one, I love it because it's not, it's not only bright, but it has the cap- capability to just have settings on it and different frame lines and looks and stuff like that. So it's beautiful It's beautiful because of that. But it's also nice that it has SDIs in and out as a loop through. So that's yeah. great. It has HDMI, but because of the upgrade that I did to it, it no longer does work for HDMI so that's why I had to buy me a new one for certain jobs but that thing is built like a horse to be honest I've dropped it a couple times yeah man I think that's one of the things that that uh, they they really promote is that they're durable man they're yeah they're durable. durable one of the first monitors that I purchased I've always I've always stuck with the small HD brand um, I think their company's doing great things with our with our monitors um, you know the peaking and the the focus assist peaking, and all those assist, the, yeah. the menus that they have now like monitors are uh, amazing. I the first monitor I owned was um, their five inch. Um, what was it? It was a DP five or I don't remember the name. That's how long ago it was. Um, but it was on the the model underneath the DP seven. Okay. Right. Um, and then I also owned an, an AC seven and the the I've also owned the seven hundred two. So I've I've kept. With their brand, yeah, line. I've kept with yeah. their brand with all of my monitors that I've, and then at one point I I purchased um, a, one of their seventeen inch production monitors. Oh which wow! Okay. I started pulling off of that whenever I can get into. Don't a, you have a thirteen inch too? I don't have a thirteen inch. Oh, it's Andres. Yeah, it's Andres. Um, but that seventeen inch to me has been, I mean, battery. I, I could go full wireless with it, and it's been um, it was been amazing for years. Um, but recently they came out with a newer monitor. That I purchased, which is the Cine Seven. To be honest, man, that what they've done with these monitors is incredible. I mean, now you can control um, the red I, camera. I, I own a red camera, so I, that's why I purchased this one. And you know, I got it with one of their deals that they were having, where I got the the red license for free. And to be honest, it's been a great. I mean, I I, I shared it with the DP that I work with, Randy, and he has he he loves it. He's he wants it on board all the time. Now, the thing is, the Cine 7, I bought it with a, the Teradek built in. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I wanted to have, I wanted to be able to pull focus, especially like if I'm working with you, you know, on Steadicam or, or other other people, you know, and I want to be off the camera. 
I already own a tear deck, so I was like, man, yeah. this is a perfect add-on to. to I my think gear. what Spawn HD has done for the camera department and even the film industry has been really nice because Teradek and Spawn HD linked up, and what they brought up was just a masterpiece. To be honest, because yeah. before, I mean, on any and most jobs, the director wants to be handheld wireless all the time. So, so, so often you at build the monitor, build the cage, put a battery, add a Teradek. And it's one of those things where some directors can be very careless with it and not yeah. be so cautious with it. So, And then also many times they complain because of how heavy, how heavy it is. Yeah. But what Sponge Z was pretty much merged both, was an intricated part of the monitor. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous monitor. I mean, just the lightweight yeah. of it is, to me, is it, it was... It was a like a no brainer. No brainer. Yeah. No brainer. And and I think what they've done with the wireless and now I mean they even offer um, 4K. They're yeah. they're at the full the 4K you know production monitors which is. And what's crazy is they started off they well they started off company and how they became known is because the Doritos. The Doritos commercial for the Super Bowl. Pers- yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And I think it's people like that. And it's also great because it's all it's an American based company. Yeah. So that's nice. But definitely, I think for me, that my go-to monitor is a small HD DP7. I I um I bought the other monitor that I bought from the same line was the 703 High Bright, and then I have a 502 Bright and a, a regular 502 for different for underwater stuff too. I think I use it for underwater stuff. And oh yeah, the Bright is beautiful. The regular one is beautiful, but the brighter one is even better. I don't have to touch so much settings on it, and I like the fact that you know certain jobs how we're not. <laughs> we're giving it away how we're not supposed to take pictures and stuff we take screenshots <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's one of the features that i've loved on my monitor because i can always i can always have a you know a, a small little green screen grab of of what we're shooting and i never took my phone out i never exactly but it's also helpful because I, with the newer updates with the dp7 you could take a screenshot, but you could only preview the last the, the last one you took. Yeah. But with the newer models and firmwares, what you do is you take a screenshot of whatever you want, but you're able to go back into the, into the library in the monitor and yeah, look for a while. But it's but it's also nice because especially on features or long length projects where you're like, remember that scene we did? Do you remember the settings and this and that? When yeah. you don't have a second or you're not doing a camera report, you could just look through your pictures. Because you take one for every scene, the beginning of a scene and stuff, and you just go back and you look at the settings. So I think that's a great feature that the small HD, the the TV Logics don't have. Mind you, I haven't used the TV Logic in at least five years, so I don't know if they've done any nicer upgrades like that. But based on what I've used in the recent years, small HD is my go-to monitor for everything. I mean, the next monitor I'm going to purchase, to be honest, is not going to be a small HD. It's going to be a trans video. Okay, but that's for more operating than anything. That thing is, that's the ace, I would say, to yeah. be honest. But you're looking at six grand versus a good, and you gotta use see the usage. I'm not buying that monitor to pull focus. I'm buying that monitor for compositions and brightness as well. But look and tools that it has, that I don't. I'm not gonna get from the small HD, even though I bought the 703 Bright for that purpose to operate. But it's the it's the to go monitor I could afford right now because that monitor wasn't cheap. That monitor was like thirty eight hundred, I think it was. Yeah, some of these are, are expensive. They're expensive, yeah. and I love it. It has like the feature saying, you know, and, and and then some. But for now, that's what I could afford and what I'm using, what I'm sticking to. I have friends who start up in the business and they're like, "Hey, look, being just having a sale on small HD. What do you think? Is it worth it? Because they have those now. They have this, like the small HD monitors are like five hundred bucks and stuff. Yeah, the focus. The focus, focus is monitors. focus monitor and stuff. And they're cheap, you know, but they don't have, I've, I haven't seen one physically, but I know they have like a one SDI input and that's it. Well, actually most of them, most of those uh, focus monitors, I believe don't have SDI. I think they're only HDMI. HDMI. They're meant more for mirrorless cameras and mirrorless stuff like that. You know, something, you know, smaller shoots. But even then, I mean, they have uh, the, the Focus 7 with oh, the yeah. Teradek built in for like 1300 bucks. Which is Nothing. It's, it's good, and, and and reason we say nothing, of course, because we're in the line of work of what, and we get paid what we get paid. Yeah. But it's just you you invest in whatever makes your job easier. Yeah, and that's one thing that I can definitely say. Like I don't, I don't question my focus when I'm when I'm looking yeah, at it. Yeah. When you know your monitor. Yeah. I don't. You There's know. times where they don't give me a kit rental, 
and they provide for they give me the the monitor the bottle focus and stuff i still use my monitor because yeah. i trust my monitor i know what i need when i need it turn on the brightness or bring um the uh, um the the marks for the aspect ratios or whatever it's there i know yeah. how to, i know how to read the meter on my monitor yeah no i'm going colors. back to also like uh, photos that you can take with the, the screen grabs yeah i get a lot of times where dps you know are like oh hey let's let's compare these both shots or let's try to line up these shots the same and I you have mean, the overlay what, feature yeah the overlays what other what other monitors do we have out there that, that i know of none i don't i don't think so you know so it's they've they've definitely come a long way from their from the dorito super bowl commercial <laughs> um and and they're killing it right now and that's I, what and i mean that's my go-to monitor again i'm either pulling off of the dp7 or even the 703 hybrid and i love the fact that when like even when we did that toyota commercial i wasn't under any coverage i was right in the daylight yeah and i was like what 60 percent of my brightness they're that good and sharp of monitors you could do that and I, I love him. There's people who like I understand because it's all it is all money because it comes down to it's expensive. Yeah. Like they want to buy Lollapods and um, Bon Bon, B O N I think it is. Okay. And they those are good monitors, you know. But for me, I would rather invest in what I know is gonna last. Yeah. No. And 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 touching on that also is I purchased. Before I really, really got into this, one of my first monitors that I purchased before I really wanted to pull focus was this company called, man, I don't even, they're not even around anymore. And I purchased one of their monitors. I think they were, oh, they were called Jag 35, I believe. I don't know if you remember that company. No, I don't even know what that, that is. That company is like, oh, they used to make, it was some guy making these things, not out of his home, but he designed them in his, in his home and, you know, different camera, camera setups and stuff like that. And they released a monitor and I was... I was I bought the first one. It was like two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty oh, wow. bucks, you know. And I actually still have it. I use it now as a as a security camera uh, monitor. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, let let's continue this conversation on on our Instagram. You know, you guys tell us what monitors you guys you know prefer. You know? Yeah, I mean, and the top brands that I could tell you, of course, Transvideo, Small HD. Um, I wouldn't put the Flanders out there for pulling focus but those things are beautiful too yeah but those are more for color reference than anything and i own a 24 inch and i only use it for um coloring and stuff but it yeah is, those are great great monitors for definitely for for coloring i mean i have a, a friend of mine that's a colorist and he was looking into one of those recently and you know they're just beautiful monitors yeah. for, for they're pricey but again yeah. you pay for what you get but definitely let's continue this conversation on Instagram at the camera department podcast. Let us know. Let us know you're that. What do you use? What's your go-to monitor? Ride or die monitor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listeners. This is Kathy from Film Filter Tags. We are a family-owned business specializing in custom filter tags, Pelican nameplates, and much more. Take a look at our website, filmfiltertags.com, and customize your tags today. If you don't see something you need, just reach out and we will help you. For a limited time only, we're offering a 10% off for the Camera Department podcast listeners. Simply use code TCDP10 at checkout. Prep day is one of those things that are as rare as a unicorn sometimes. Yeah. To be honest, you know, just like a second AC is a luxury, a prep days is rare because there's production companies who own their own gear and they want to bring it on set and then just day off give you here, here. Here's this, here's that, you know, um, so. Yeah, and it's technically uh, for production. It's technically uh, another production day that they got to pay you. Yeah, which is true. And, and and let me ask you this, and that's something that I've come to learn along the way is that because before I would do 50% of my rate, and I heard 75, and then 85, and then 90. Now, on this day, I charge full rate. Yeah, I I don't charge full rate. But I usually, it's usually like $50 less than my full rate. Okay. Um, I never, you know, I've, I, it's a producer, I think, gave it to me once. And he's always given it to me. And I've always requested it on other jobs. And I see that this is kind of the standard that everyone's going with. So I go with that. And, you know, on a prep day, if they want to, I've had companies come to me and say, hey, you know, my prep day, I only have 50%. Okay, fine. You know. I, um, I, but the thing is, I think prep days are necessary, especially oh, when you're yeah. working with, are, are honestly just necessary all across. 
I mean, if the crew is... There are certain companies that I work with that prep days are like, for what? But in all honesty, I just think it just sets a tone because you know what to expect. Yeah, no, I personally think um, every time I go into a job that um, I don't get a prep day, I probably have... I don't have a good day. Yeah. I don't have a good day because you don't know where the gear's at. And especially if it's, you know, the DP's gear or something like that. He has his gear set up the way that he wants to set it up. If I'm showing up on set at 7 o'clock in the morning, I know nothing about this gear. Yeah, we can have a conversation about it, but he's not going to tell me exactly how it's built. Is it built to work with what I have to do? Is it built to work with what he needs? So I always think a prep day is very important. Do we get them? Not often. Not as often as we should. Yeah. But the thing is also I've learned this. And this is what has happened to me a couple of times. Where you can say yes to a job on a Tuesday. And you do the prep on Monday. And if they give you anything less than 90% of your rate, you're out. You're stuck to that job because you can't go get the other job that's paying you full rate plus full kit rental. You know? So that's why you got to... By the bullet, because this production is giving you two days versus the other job is just giving you one. Yeah. And that's why sometimes I feel like you have to fight for the prep day at a full rate for that reason. Because they're guaranteeing you. They're locking you in for that day. Yeah. Yeah, because you can definitely... That day can be another day you're working. Yeah. Working on set. You know? And then the thing is, I mean, um, I myself am trying to move up, you know? But it just so happens that if you're a second AC, you know you're not going to get paid for a prep day, you know. But it's also helpful to go to the prep day so you can organize and, you know. If you're a second AC or any particular second AC, if you're a second AC that wants to come up into the realms of first, it's always good to go to do a prep because you learn mannerism, you learn etiquette, you learn the proper procedures. And that's what we want to get into discussing today. That's how I learned how to do a prep day as a second, because I would go with my first to do preps for free. Yeah, you know, on rare occasions, I think maybe once or twice I got paid, but yeah, that's that's definitely that one is a unicorn for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that does not exist. I, I I've done at least twenty preps as a second AC. You know, because sometimes I couldn't go because I was another job or whatever. But whenever I could go and I wasn't working, I was there. So let me ask you a question, um, just because. The way that I came into this world, I didn't start as a second, right? So I don't know. I mean, I know them now because it's what I need and what I do. Yeah. But what process do you as a, what did you learn as a second AC of how to do, how to, how to have, how to have a prep day? What do you prep? Well, you first have to have communication with the DP. You cannot go into battle not knowing the, the 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 shot list the instructions and it's important for you to have that coverage especially if it's ODP you never worked with you know um, it's important because you're on set and if you didn't bring something you were supposed to check out yeah fingers pointed at you yeah or especially even if, you, you're, if you're gonna request a full day rate yeah you better have everything you need and then also I mean there's times where a lens is out of um, calibration mm-hmm. and you didn't check it you just looked at it and like oh, it looks good leave it alone you know because remember that we're renting the best thing to do on a prep day you have a rental house to go to prep and then the, all the gear is coming from that rental house but there's also some productions where things get scattered from anywhere and everywhere yeah they try to find the cheapest yeah and then you're like and then you don't test it and then the day on set, you're there, and it's like, um, yeah, I, I, uh, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know. You don't know if it's if it was it's proper working. Yeah. working properly. The monitor wasn't calibrated. That happens often, or not, believe it or not. And it's like, man, I want to say yes, but they know I'm lying because you already hesitated. <laughs> but yeah, I, you already I, sold yourself out. Yeah. So I, I think it's essential to a prep day, you know. And there's sometimes, I, I mean, I've had instances where certain people, director, DPs, would be like, hey, so you mind coming over so we could go over the gear and stuff? And you do it as a courtesy, but after a time a time period, you're like, 
they're taking the day away from you and they don't want to pay. Yeah. Yeah, they try to grab, you know, some free time of you and kind of, you know, it's I like guess go uh, around, go around in a way of, oh, just, you know, just come and check out the gear, you know. I'll, I'll buy you lunch and we'll yeah. t- hang out. No, no. That's a well, prep day. Two hours turns into an yeah. eight hour day. And guess what? That's pretty much a day. Yeah. And, and since our career is really based off of relationships like that, yes, you're not gonna just be like, "Hey, listen, you're not paying me, I gotta go." You, yeah, I don't want to be a diva either, yeah. but it comes to a point where it's like, "Man, I want to go help out," but then guess what? It's an hour drive for me, back and forth, an hour drive. That's two hours driving in traffic, gas, all for a ten dollar meal. Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to really, really ask yourself, is it worth it? Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, some, and yeah, it is to what degree too. It's worth it, but to what degree? Because yeah. you want to show up on set and know where everything is, or you want to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what kind of day would, do you want to have? Yeah, but it, it's 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 the essential of just like man. Same thing with the kit. Am I getting paid or not? But same thing with the prep. You know, the last one of the last jobs I did, there there were there was no budget for prep. What they offered? Okay, we'll cover gas and food. Okay, fine. But I was out of town. I was out of the country. Oh wow! You know, and I didn't want. To, I was going to send my second, but my second was out coming into town. Yeah, so, so there was no, no there was assistant right to. Yeah, so what do I do? There's nothing I could do, and they weren't really offering prep day, so I couldn't tell my assistant I need you to be there. No, if they're not offering it and they're not, you know, going to pay the full rate of what things need to be, I'm not even going to pressure you. You you either land or you don't. And there wasn't. Basically, he stayed and he came in the following morning. Show up to set. Oh, here's a gear. Here's this. Here's that. Okay. Uh, where's this? Oh, we don't have it. Where's this? Oh, I don't know. And it's like, man. Yeah, because whoever whoever's getting that gear, it's either it's usually, um, it's usually a, a coordinator or or or, somebody. or line producer or somebody. They yeah. they don't know what gear we need. They hand me a brand new tire deck out of box. Sync this to this teradite, this and this is to monitor. We lost what maybe an hour, maybe a little over an hour. I would say more than an hour to try to get the teradex to link up. Then I found out the teradex that the teradex had to be a firmware had to be updated and all that. I'm like, you want this to work? We need to stop and do this. And you yeah. stop all our production. That's when everyone's looking at you. How much longer? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. At that point, when you're not in the hot seat, that's it. You're you're screwed because everyone's looking at you because everyone's waiting on you. And this is the top of the morning. Yeah. So it's like you're setting. Is... You're kind of setting the, the 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 pace for the day. Yeah. And and you're like, man, all this could have been avoided for a prep day. You know. But what happens is my most of the time is producers want to pocket it and not give you the prep day. Yeah. And then so what's 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 one of the most important things that you that you prep. You know what? What do you take the longest to prep on your prep day? The longest is two things. It's the lenses and the follow focus. Okay. And what do you do to the lenses? Pretty much what I've learned to do is everything has a home. You know, the same way you set up, the same way you break out. You know, so you just set up all the cases. You see what you go through your gear list. You know, um, the reason why you go through your gear list because there's a couple rental houses who who don't scan everything. Who give you a case, something as simple as a monitor case, you know? You know how many pieces are in a monitor case? Not just the hoodman, the the, the yeah, actual monitors, cables, the cables, batteries. but then you get into specific cables. You got the BNCs, you the power cables, the PTAP, and then the other power cables, and it's like, oh, so much. So one thing goes missing, and you're responsible for it. You're checking it out. If it's if it's not caught on prep, then you're responsible to report it to set. I'm like, hey, look, this broke. Was it broken or you broke it? Uh, I didn't break it. So then, if it wasn't you, then who did? I don't know. Was it broken at prep? I don't know. I didn't touch it. No, and and uh, I feel another thing also is when you when you don't get the prep, and let's say you know production rents from a rental house. You don't know what cables on there. Like you said, not every rental house scans every single yeah. item, right? So what if they put an item that they think is there, you took it, 
when it got back to the rental house after the production, that cable's missing. Yeah. But yeah, but you don't know because you never saw it. You never saw it on the gear list, or or you saw it on the gear list, but it wasn't there. It's and really the the first day on set, that's not the place you should be looking for what gear is in each bag. Yeah, that's what a prep day is for. That's what a prep day is for, and then properly labeling the cases. You know, there's an AZ an AC. His name is Abdio. You know, one of those um, veterans. Yeah, he knows his stuff, and you can learn. I, it's just you learn. Yeah, I watch every, every so job much. I've worked with him, I you, you always pick up something new. Yeah, always. And I admire the details that he goes through at preps. He doesn't. He doesn't just label the pelicans, uh, label the cases, and number them. He goes one step further. He makes a list of everything that's in there. One needs to be repaired. One needs to be adjusted. Um, and and like a cheat sheet. Yeah. Come on. You think you could do that on Saturday in the morning? No, I'm sorry. No. No. Oh, I need this cable from 24 to um, XLR, blah, 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 blah. Man, where is that cable? He just pops. Oh, it's here. Boom. And so I, that's something admirable because I know a lot of people who don't do that. And there's a lot of second ACs who are not exposed to that. So they're not properly taught. And there's first ACs who have never been exposed to that who just, I guess, just wing it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's definitely a good, uh, a good lesson to being yeah. a first AC is just write down, write down what you have. Make a list. Check it twice. Check it twice. And then also is just going through the numbers, making sure that whatever scanned out gets scanned back in. Because it's it. it so honestly, it amazes me that everything gets returned. Yeah, yeah. I have, I've, I mean, the last couple of jobs that I've done where I haven't had a second, I've had that issue where I get a call. Oh, I hate a couple, those. Couple days later, hey, I'm missing this screw. Hey, I'm missing this cable. Yeah. And it's the 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 thing is, is that we deal with so many little little things, things that, especially after, especially if you're on a three or four or ten day job, by the end of the by the end of that job, you already forgot what you started with so if you don't have a list of what you have dude you're in for a hell of a of a return yeah (laughs) the worst best jobs for me is when we work in multiple units that is more than like more than three units like five six units it's fun because we get to work together with people we haven't seen in a while right because usually on set there's only one first ac sometimes there's two but no more than that and it's great, but it's it's great and fun, but it's also a nightmare when we have to wrap, because that's when gear just yeah it goes everywhere. Everywhere. The last one that I can think of that happened like that was a Disney job. We had I want to say like eight units, eight first ACs, four second ACs, and PAs, and gear came from New York, from LA, locally, and even um, in within state, the two different rental companies, and from LA and New York. At the prep, after five days, mind you, that wasn't a one day shoot; it was a five day shoot, five six day shoot. The return probably took longer than the prep. Took longer than the prep. It was a nightmare. Missing cables, missing adapters. Or were these handles? Because they, they, they also didn't come from rental houses. They came from personal people who own that was. Yeah, which personal people, yeah. chances we, of them labeling their gear is. Mm. And that, I had overtime that day. I bet. I had, I bet. I had some good overtime. But I was tired. I didn't care no more. I just wanted to go home. And that, that, was, a, that was really a nightmare because you want to return everything to its proper owner. Days passed from that job, and I was still getting calls. Hey, look, we're missing this. Hey, we're looking missing that. Did you see it? Did you grab it? People told me you had it. Yeah, that's the thing is everyone, not that we do it on a, on on purpose or to throw people under the bus, but if you don't have it, you know, you got to point the finger at the next person. Who is not touching it last or yeah. using it last. And yeah. it sucks because it's like, man... I was responsible. Now they're blaming me, kind of blaming me. Now you know it's like, ugh. it's like a like it's like a like an X on your you know on your report. Yeah, yeah. It's it's 
it's kind of like our uh, one of our, our previous episodes where we were talking about how we rely on you know on what people think about us well, yeah if we start losing gear and, and, and the thing is gear is expensive Air, yeah. average cable is a hundred dollars every lens is about four or five grand average it could easily be 20 30 grand yeah if they're anamorphics you know so and even um hard mats or mat boxes those suckers are expensive um i remember a job i, I left the hard mats in my in my rum bag i had it in the back pocket i completely forgot and it was a long day hard long hard day the next morning ring alex we're missing this alex we're missing that and i'm like what the hell man woke up looked at my rum bag there it is that's why it's important to have a rum bag because that's where i stick all my stuff yeah my joy does the, the go-to stuff i'm glad it wasn't lost but it sucked i had to drive about an hour to go to the rental house to go drop it off yeah to drop off a little cable yeah um but one of the how i usually do things pretty much lay out everything get a gear list run go through the gear list i call a dp communicate with him hey look this is what we got this is what i got on the list anything else you need how do you want to set up the cameras and so if it's a mini if it was an re mini how do you want the shortcuts if it's a red same thing how do you want the shortcuts on the cameras one and two and stuff do you want any handles do you want any spider grips um i'm sure you got all this you know monitors lenses you need any more filters look they don't have this they don't have that do you want this instead so pretty much just start seeing exactly what the DP needs. Yeah. That's my go-to person for every information that I need to get. To need to get. Um, and, yeah, and also, and also how they, <clears throat> how they want to operate. You know, yeah. um, I have DPs that I work with that only want to work with a viewfinder. I have other DPs that I work with that only want to work with a monitor. You know, so I got to make sure that they have the right monitor. Or or the right viewfinder. Make sure that the viewfinder is calibrated correctly, and and you know, and it's not either cracked or you know we got to check everything because every component. Yeah, we, remember, all this gear comes from other jobs. Yeah, you don't know if the if the rental house is doing a good job of checking it. Yes, they should because obviously it's their gear. But sometimes rental houses are working so quickly to turn gear around that they can miss something, which is true. So if they and I've and it's happened to me earlier on in in my in in my career was i didn't check something properly and it was a it was a filter returned it we never even used it on set returned it back what happened it was it was scratched or it was cracked who who whose whose fault is it now it's my fault because i was the last one that had it they're not going to go back to the to the to the you know production that had it before yeah because i've seen and i've i've been fortunate enough to be at certain rental houses where i'm doing it prep and the gear I need is out, and it comes in for another job, and I don't need it till the next day. So that that same filter or whatever it is goes out the same day to a different job, yeah. and I don't get to check it. So I've seen um, how it comes in and gets checked, supervised, and then is sent out. It doesn't just go from set to set. Yeah, yeah. Some houses, rental houses might do that. I don't know. But I've been fortunate enough to see that. Okay. Before it goes anywhere, it comes back home. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I've... One of the bigger rental houses here that we have, uh, VER, they... I think every time I've ever gotten, gotten a filter, it's always wrapped in a new little plastic yeah. bag. Why? Because they, they QC it as soon as it comes back. Yeah. Um, for me, that's why it's always essential to just know where everything is, mark everything. The lenses is the, one of the most essentials because when you're pulling focus and you're in in the beginning, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but I, I would pull off monitors, you know. But then I got I, I had to break that habit and start pulling off my eyes off the barrel and distance and measuring and stuff. And that's a, actually that's a good topic we could get into. Yeah. Um, at another podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember once uh, my monitor died on battery. It just died. And I couldn't pull focus because I had no reference. And the DP was like, dude, you're out of focus. I'm like, sorry, but I can't see anything. And at that point, he I mean, he pretty much just told me, dude, just pull off the barrel. And I'm like, I, you know, yeah. I just didn't know what to say. And since that point, I'm like, you know what? I need to go to the basics. And that pretty much just mark my lenses. 
mark my focus marks and stuff like that. So I and I, that's why and I've learned that's also it's important because if you're pulling focus and on your mark it says fifty and it says seventy five on the lens, something's wrong. You know. Yeah, that's way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but even, believe it or not, even because of DPs love to shoot in the lows and and in the fast speeds, you know, in the high ones, low twos, and it's important for us to have those things as accurate as possible because a foot off plays a big difference yeah six inches you could tell especially on well not so much on the wide but on a, from anything from a medium to close up you could tell so that's one of the main things i do take my time on and and i've also come to see that many times there's like i kid you not there's 12 plus lenses and it's like man i gotta check each one Ugh. yeah but i'd rather definitely take my time with the lenses no matter how many they are because i'd rather be prepared the day of and get any fixes that i need to on the prep than look like a dumbass yeah how many times on set have you or sorry how many times have you um come across um like off calibration lenses yeah a few times not as often are they zoom lenses or are they prime lenses prime lenses prime lenses some zoom maybe one zoom but more often, it would be the um, primes. Uh, it's happened a few times with some hawk anamorphics antiques. Mm-hmm. Those were those were off, and sometimes that's it. it they are where they are, so you gotta um, compensate for it. So that's why it's important to take the time and mark your lenses, and that's where I mostly spend my time on. And then the other thing would be the camera, just making sure I factory reset everything. Because, again, you don't know where it's coming from. Sometimes the data is burned in or or a look or a look is burned in. And you don't want to be that guy on set where he's like, man, who did this? You know, I, I, I recall recently something happened like that. Something really bad. Oh, yeah. They filmed the whole music video with a LUT on a Mini. They didn't record it in Log C. They recorded it in, in 709 with a LUT. Oh, man. And nobody realized that. Nobody realized that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a big fuck up. But you know what that is? There was no prep day, I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact there was no prep day. So that's what I usually do. Just start from the beginning, start from zero. Check every little thing, every little um, balloon whistle for that reason. Because, I mean, again, they're paying you for that day. Might as well be. Yeah, you better, if, if you're going to get paid for it and you're going to ask for it, you better make sure that everything that you're supposed to have um, correct is correct. Yeah. Like there's no... And the worst job is when you have to do a prep, but the job is out of out of the county or even out of the state or the country. Those are the worst ones. Because you forget one cable, you're like, dude. Yeah. You don't need yeah. that cable until it's 3, 4 in the morning. You're like, crap. Now, my last job, one of the last jobs that I did... I did the prep for two cameras, and DP wanted a whole bunch of filters. Oh, that's, that's what I was talking about. Where you check out so many lenses, and you only end up living on two lenses, 35 and 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I would, I'd rather, again, I'd rather be prepared than to be caught in, in headlights, you know? And I was working, and this DP ordered a whole bunch of filters, this, this, and that. I was like, he's never going to need this filter. He has two sets of everything, you know. The the production house didn't have like a like a promise or something. And then I was like, man, for me to go get it, I have to go out of my way for an hour to go get it because Miami traffic at five in the afternoon is oh, not pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's like a two hour drive anywhere. Yeah, and then the job was in like West Palm. It's about a two hour drive. Yeah. Oh no, no, not West Palm, Palm Beach. So I was like, do I go get it? Or do I not go get it? Because it tends always happen. I take everything and he doesn't even use it. Yeah, it sounds like he's the type of DP that grabs every every gear he's allowed yes. to grab just in case. But yeah. doesn't really plan what yeah. he needs and things And these for. are well-budgeted productions, commercials yeah. actually. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to go and get it. And luckily, when he asked for it, I yeah, you had it. it. You had it. And um, I'm glad I'm, uh, I am I took those extra steps 
so that on set I don't hear oh, dude, you know because sometimes these people throw you under the bus um yeah yeah I've had that I've had that happen and you just gotta kind of suck it up and you know and take it you know so that's why when I'm there I just take my time because at the end of the day I mean you could do it as fast or as, or as slow as you want no one's on you and you know as soon as you're done you go home because I mean two units is a lot to check out by myself because this happened several times but one unit camera it's easy dude you know map box lenses batteries monitors sticks baby standards um the head and if you do everything right in the prep day your day when you get to set you're good yes yeah, you know and you uh, can have you can have your prep days where they don't have to be you know full hour day a, f- a full 12 hour, 12 hour day. days no but you know you 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 have it you you got to take, take advantage you got to take advantage absolutely yeah and the thing is also, I mean, you could speed up. I mean, there's off, there's times where I want to speed up just because I want to go home. But what I like about prep days is sometimes you like, you know, the rental houses don't open to 9. Yeah. But, you know, there's still traffic in Miami, so you don't want to get there till after 10. <laughs> so you sleep in a little more. So I try to go in at 10, and I'm usually done by 2, 3 o'clock, right before traffic starts. Yeah. But I realized also, it's also good to kind of delay the prep day because there's many times that the DP director is still scouting. And there's times where if you go in early, you're there doing nothing in the uh, the rental house for hours. Yeah, yeah, because they don't know what gear they're really gonna need. Yeah, and then some gear that's still coming in, and they don't want you to leave until you check that gear. Um, so lenses and all that stuff. Um, what do you do when you wrap up a prep day? Do you put everything back? Well, I'm sure you put everything back, but what do you do with camera like? Do you put it in a coffin? Do you break it down? What do you do? take it home? Put it in the camera truck? What do you do? So obviously, you know, that depends on, you know, if it's a travel job, you know, can't really put it in a coffin. You kind of have to, you're, you're prepping it here, putting it, putting it away. And, and when you say travel job, what do you mean? Travel job as in uh, out of the state, out okay. of the state or out of the, you know, you know anywhere close to where we're going to be at or, you know, um, so I, I, I like to, you know, I'll prep the camera fully built, you know, talk to the DP, hey, this is, you know, exactly what he needs, how he needs it. And then if it's a travel job, break it all down. Now, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to own, a, you know, a camera van, you know, a high roof camera van. And so I pretty much every time I prep gear, I'm usually the one that takes the gear with me, you know, it's a camera van. Um, so what I do is I, I usually I'll build up the camera and then. I will, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll live inside of a coffin, you know, for the for the whole production. You know, sometimes it's, you know, one day or, you know, sometimes it's 10 days. So well, I, do you put the camera away with the lens or you... No. no his body? No, no, or never, whatever I never, I never put a, a camera away in a coffin with lenses. Um, unless it's, you know, a quick little travel or, you know, then, you know, but anything overnight or like that, you always remove the lens. Lens always has its own case. I don't, you know, I don't think cameras should live with with lenses um it, it people do have you know their moments where they get lazy or it's you know been a 24-hour day and yeah you just go um but i like to you know have have my have my own coffin you know i build my camera put it in there you know sometimes i gotta take take off uh, a tear deck or or the handles or yeah. something you know just because it doesn't fit it's too high or you know but um i never never leave it with a lens on Okay, no. and I mean, and coffins. When we talk about, we're talking about pretty much a plastic box, pretty much a sturdy yeah. plastic box that you could find at Home Depot. Or I saw some the other day at Target that were pretty good because they were deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a nice little plastic. You know, it has to be. It's not a Pelican. You no, know, you don't want to spend. You know, on a Pelican, you know, you'll probably spend like five six hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, on a on a good Pelican for to to become a coffin. Um, but no, I have uh, like a Rubbermaid um, yeah, rubber that has made. some locks on it. And what I did is I lined it with uh, with fernie pads, you know, yeah. so it has that extra layer of protection, you know, and I try to get it on all the walls. And for the most for the most part, it's as safe as it can be, you know, when it's inside your yeah. when it's inside your van. I usually just pack everything up and I'll just take camera with me. Mm-hmm. Built on your built, built on your front seat. Yeah, without lens. I'll build my front seat, just take it home with me. 
um, it was easier for me just to get to set, take it out, put it there. But then I also, little by little, you start realizing, man, this is a liability. On any given day, without a, without a lens, you're looking about a hundred grand. You know, and it's not so much that anyone's gonna break into your world. Well, I live in an apartment, but anyone breaking in. But it's the fact that I can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can't get you once you have that in your car. It's you you're not taking it home, or you can't walk out. Yeah, once I, I I did that, and I was like, man, I have to go somewhere. I got down with the camera in hand because you don't breathe, you don't sleep, you don't. You mean you? You can't go to dinner and be like, oh, no, everything's fine. It's in the car. Nothing yeah, yeah. You, you don't have a line in it. you're liable at that point, you know. So I've learned, you know what, whenever production provides for the cabin truck, get a coffin, a nice secure coffin, build it, just take it in there, walk away without it. Because wherever that camera truck is going to live for the night is more secure than wherever you're taking it. Yeah. So you never you never take the gear home with you? You let production I home? try not to anymore. If I could wash my hands and be like, nope, that's your responsibility, then you take it. Because it's easier. Yeah. You know, because sometimes production doesn't have money for a production truck. So you're responsible to take the kit, the gear to set. But then you tell them, look, I'm not taking it back unless you pay me. And that's the way it should be, to be honest. It's true. That's true. I, you know. I usually do, you know, returns since they're the quickest. It's just literally drop off. I don't usually charge for them, but I should. But the thing I about should. it is, think about it. You have a job. What are you going to do? Take Tell yeah. your wife to take it? Yeah. But no, well, well, on, on those cases, what I do is I always let the production know, hey, listen, I can't take it in tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you guys got to figure it but out. But the thing you know. is also, remember that you could get called any time. I mean, we're not saving lives like doctors do who are, always, uh, are always on call. True. But it has happened where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take it. And I'm like, dude, look, I can't take it. I have another job tomorrow. And then I was doing you a favor, but now, you know, I'm a little stuck. So I think it's always important to remind her, yeah, every time gear travels anywhere, you want to give it to a person that's trustworthy and that's able to secure it, but that can also return it properly. Yeah. Absolutely. If I could do the return, great, because then I see, hey, look, everything I returned, good, good. I go home and that's it. I don't have to hear from them again. Yeah, actually, one of the jobs that uh, we worked on, um, the DP hired me to do something else um, the day after. And we all wrapped our gear up. You know, I think we were doing two cameras on that. He only needed one camera for that next shoot. Um, everything, I had everything. Everything was packed up. I only used one, you know, gear from one camera. And, I mean, to this day, I've been, I mean, I don't get calls anymore, but I was getting calls, you know, once a month. Hey, you know, we can't find this gear. Can you find it? Can, what do you mean? I put it in the production, you know, van that you guys had. My hands were clean as soon as I left there. But for some reason, from the moment that I left set to the moment they returned, a bunch of gear went missing. Okay. So what happens? What do I do at that point? You know, what as a first AC, what do you do? Because hmm. they're trying to make it liable on, yeah. on you when you had production take care of all but that. But I think that's what something that um, one of our um, previous guests spoke about, about the reputation. It means a lot. Yeah. Because if you, before, when I started, when I got into this business, I never knew his name, but I, I've heard about it, that he had sticky fingers. And when, and the moments that, in the time that they work with him, they'd be like, hey, mm, mm, you know? Because... I did, it ha- I'm sure it's happened to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're on set and you have everything organized and everything and, and view distance, but there's people you don't know that you're working with. And there's people who are green, who just go for your cart. It's happened to me a lot. Oh, I just needed to borrow some scissors. It could be wardrobe, it could be PA or anybody. It's never art department. Well, actually, it's been, ha- but it's, again, you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. you know, if it's low budget or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they just grab stuff off my cart, and it's like the worst one. I was helping out a friend, and that's sometimes it's hard when you're helping out friends. And he's good, but everyone else is green. I walked away for a couple of hours. I had to walk away. I was I was helping out. I wasn't working. I was helping out, and I brought my car and I brought everything as if I was the first AC in that job. I walked away for a few hours. I had to do some things to do. I come back. Water bottles everywhere, everywhere. Water bottles, soda cans, paper, 
all my tape out of my loop, I was in disbelief. I was like, this yeah. is in my cart. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes keeping your cart organized like we want to, you know, with an empty shelf on top so yeah. we can work with. For everyone else, it's a it's a table to put yeah their empty water bottles. It's I mean even though there could be a garbage can right, <laughs> right next to you, <laughs> for some reason it ends up. <laughs> then I have also the moments where, yeah, I have my my cart. People, especially talent, they like to take off their glasses, their, or phones. their phones, or you know how many times I've ended up with glasses or a hat and I've a gone hat, home yeah. with it. Like, I mean, look, if you're gonna leave stuff on my cart. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not liable. Yeah, it's not. The only people that I protect themselves on my car is DP and director. Yeah. Hey, and, and you know what? They ask, hey, can I? Of course, sir. Is this your car? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But definitely, I do appreciate those productions that do provide a prep day for that ease of mind and to avoid so many headaches the day of shooting. It's just, it's just, it, 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 it's a difference from Moon. And Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely prep days are needed. And fight for it because more often than not, they're going to tell you, no, we don't have blah, blah. But it's always a lie. They do. Yeah. They do because when you cause two hours delay, they're going to be like, damn, bro. You know, and two hours delay on a set, you're not talking about hundreds of dollars. You're talking about thousands of dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a... Great topic. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up from there. Uh, I think we can continue this conversation for sure on our Instagram at the Camera Department Podcast. Yeah, continue um, the conversation. Tell Prep us. days. What's your what are routine? What What do you think are the most essential things to check out? Do you do a full reset? What do you do when DP director brings a camera to set the day of? Do you feel like you're on the bind? Do you feel you're on like you know you're tight for time? Have you ever had an argument with a producer or DP director? Like, just tell us your stories. Thank you guys for listening.